Remote Hacks podcast on a remote hack day. Welcome, everyone, to episode 64. Oh, 64. What an amazing number. Uh, it's eight eights, I think, which is, I don't even know where I was going with that. Let's just jump into it. So we're talking DevRel today. Uh, with Hugh and Joe, both first-time remote hackers. Welcome, welcome, gentlemen. Very good to have you here. Um, and I understand both of you have some experience and knowledge in DevRel. So I want to ask um, to anybody, just grab it, raise your hand, or just take the floor. Um, what is DevRel, and why should I care about it? Joe, I guess you have uh, long-standing opinions. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Um, hi. Thanks for having us. This is awesome. Um, so... Uh, I'll start on the ground floor. As we'll get into, it's all very controversial and there's many definitions, but essentially, DevRel is a set of job functions that deals with uh, helping a company reach developers. Usually, a company that makes a product that is interesting to developers in some way. So I've been very <laughs> careful with a couple of words there. Um particularly reach developers and the set of job functions. So in most places, this means marketing. So it means people who are going out there and, uh, you know, helping a company get in front of developers through conferences and conference talks and blog posts and content. Um, but it also tends to incorporate a lot of product adjacent stuff. So you get lots of DevRel teams, uh, like the DevRel team at Twilio, for example, includes the documentation team. So the product oh. documentation belongs to DevRel. Um, the idea with that kind of setup being that DevRel people are out on the front lines, as it were, with the developers who use the product. And so they have a good feedback loop for the developer education part of it. And that kind of gets to my role where I'm not actually in the job role that many people have experience of DevRel, which is developer advocate or developer evangelist. Um, I'm a developer educator. Mm. Um, I work primarily on educational materials now for developers to learn to use um, my company's products in various walks of life. Um, and that is also a DevRel function. Oh, fantastic. So yeah, there we go. I said a lot <laughs> of things. Basically, it's reaching reaching developers, relating to developers. It's in the name. I was going to just say it's marketing for developers, usually by people who... Uh, are not trained as marketers so they do more developer related things to ah, to do that kind of marketing yeah. but yeah joe covered it <laughs> yeah i i went a little bit beyond it like marketing is where i think devrel does best but lots of people have strong opinions about that for lots of reasons um and mm. the kind of like higher out view to, to get a little bit too abstract about it like if you are a company that's selling to developers, suddenly a lot of business functions of that company um, end up needing technical expertise in them. So marketing is a typical example, right? Like if you've got like someone trying to market to developers, it's very hard for them to be effective in that role um, if, you know, they themselves don't have experience as a developer because you know you haven't felt those pain points it's very difficult to empathize with the developer but that also extends to sales also extends to product and so you tend to find that devrel has lots of overlaps and it's like kind of unique in that it's a it's a it's a role that's more defined by its audience than it is by its business function 
Okay. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. So 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 Hugh, you were in DevRel, but were you doing like the same kind of DevRel that, that Joe does the education stuff, or were you with more marketing or like what kind of stuff did you do? So I've had a couple of different DevRel roles and um one I guess hallmark of working as a developer advocate is that there are very few DevRel teams in the industry that have been established for the long run and have um grown to you know a very mature stage uh so there are some teams in some companies where there's you know a hundred people or more who are working on various aspects of devrel and the overall role has been really chunked down into very specific roles like people who focus on the documentation experience or people who specifically go to events and um meet developers one-on-one or demo engineers or you know there are so many ways to sort of chunk it down into really hyper specific roles but in general the more common developer advocate experience i would say is joining as a single developer advocate responsible for the whole company or like for for all developer advocacy style work and there's just so much of it there's like building the website writing demo apps um relating between the people who are implementing the product and the developers who are consuming the product things like uh writing blog posts all of that stuff and it all being specific for for that individual who might be the first developer advocate on mm. on the at the company with an aim to growing a team or might have a small team so i've tended to work at uh, companies with less established DevRel teams. So I've worked on a team uh, of three at one of my previous companies, and we did all sorts of work. And I've worked uh, most recently, my most recent DevRel role was as a solo developer advocate at a small company. Um, It was sort of a case of figure out what we can do that has impact and then do that out of this huge menu of different kinds of work that we can do. So it often involves doing a lot of sort of strategy work and uh, working with the leadership at the company to try and establish and agree on goals for the DevRel program. Yeah, okay. Because I imagine like from the business's perspective, they just want more of something that to them is very easily quantifiable. But then turning that into like what you do to get that something as a DevRel person is probably like very vague, very gray. Like, how do you figure out what to do? So it's not necessarily the case that the business always has a very clear idea of of what they want. I I think quite often people have sort of heard of DevRel and understand that a lot of companies have had a lot of success with DevRel. So, or, or even without necessarily DevRel in particular, they've had a lot of success by marketing specifically to developers. So Twilio, for example, the company that I work at, uh, that we both work at, <laughs> is an example of a company that has a lot of, has had a lot of success really by being present in the developer community. And then, yeah, new companies sort of see established companies who've had success with DevRel and think, I would like to have success with DevRel. And then they hire a developer advocate and the process of sort of goal matching begins where the developer advocate says, you know, okay, do we want to increase adoption 
or do we want to be more visible in front of developers? Do we want to focus on working on the developer experience and making sure that when developers get to our product, that they are really impressed? It's unlikely that small teams can do all of those things, <laughs> but um, yeah. I think the successful teams work with leads to communicate that DevRel is this field that encompasses so much stuff and you can do different things to address each of those many kinds of goals. So you might have a marketing focused strategy, writing blog posts and writing uh, demo apps and producing really cool products based on the, the platform that you might be marketing to get in front of developers and then start mar start measuring things like views on the blog post or shares of the demo video or whatever it is and work on those metrics. Or you might know that like the company has a really solid concept for a product, but developers are having a hard time using the product. So the developer advocate would be might pursue a strategy of working one-on-one -on -one with developers who are consuming the product and understanding where the big gaps are uh, in terms of developer experience and working with the people who are implementing the product to close those gaps and to improve that experience. The really crucial thing is that uh, the developer advocate works with the leaders at the company to choose a goal and stick with that goal and have a time frame for the goal, like a, a measurable, you know, in six months, we would like to hit these numbers and then have that time <laughs> to, to focus on it and, and work on it. If, if the goal is unclear or if the goal is changing, then developer relations is usually not as successful, I would say. Yeah. Okay. And and what would you say distinguishes, say, like a junior DevRel person from a senior DevRel person? I mean, is it mostly the technical familiarity with stuff, or is there soft skills? Like, how do you how do you differentiate that? I think that it's probably not the technical skills. I think okay. developer advocates that the the specific technical familiarity that's required depends on the context. So there okay. are some cases mm -hmm. where it's really crucial. Uh, some types of developer advocate work really don't need you to be an expert in, you know, some super advanced portion of a hyper-specific whatever. Um, it's also very product-sensitive. So, you yeah. know, like, a developer advocate for, like, some REST API company, um, you know, probably has a bit more technical leeway, whereas, you know, there are some, there are some companies that produce, you know, very specific products for like machine learning or uh i worked at a company once that needed developer advocates that like understood uh high scale high availability cloud computing specifically for like the unity and unreal game engines it's oh, like right, you just okay. yeah you're not going to find that <laughs> yeah, um, sure. so yeah it's very very uh dependent on the technology as well I would say, though, that the skills that very senior developer advocates have uh, are primarily around uh, interacting with leads and fitting yep. the DevRel strategy in with the company strategy, um, sort of negotiating the, the goals and the expectations on the team, uh, communicating what the team is is actually doing and, and uh, how successful they are being, being able to sort of identify 
opportunities that the team has to i guess capitalize on like if if uh, some new technology comes out the developer advocate might see that and think oh there's an opportunity here to have a bigger impact than what we're currently having if we pivot and work on um I don't know, making uh, API bindings for this new language, Swift or Kotlin, for example. Um, So yeah, it's really more on sort of the strategic side and the uh, technical leadership or yeah, the leadership side and of things. To expand on that point a bit as well, like DevRel ends up performing, doing a lot of functions that look an awful lot like what a company's traditional field marketing teams might do. But unlike field marketing, it doesn't have the attribution into the sales pipeline. So a field marketing team can, you know, go do big expensive um, conference appearances and buy big booth buyouts at trade shows and then say at the end of that, like, oh, we pushed $1 million worth of pipeline to the sales team. Whereas DevRel don't typically have that cover because, you know, that's just not how developer conferences work. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we fall much more into being a business expense rather than being a revenue generating function. And so Mm, like you need to, you know, be able to navigate that (laughs) from a strategy perspective and also from (laughs) a, uh, you know, just like a how to come, how does this company continue to keep the lights on perspective? Yeah, right. Okay. Well, that, well, that's interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about that. I'm one thing that I'm very interested in. Um, Joe, you mentioned the sort of educational resources stuff. Yeah. Now, how do you, how do you decide what to do? I mean, yeah. is it kind of identifying gaps that you can fill with sort of educational things, mm-hmm. or like, what? Yeah. What's tell me about that? Yeah, it very much depends again on 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 the product. So there's kind of. And this is inaccurate, but two broad classifications of companies that tend to wind up with DevRel, and that's either they are building a platform or they're building a product. So okay. when I say building a platform, that is like a product exists that may serve consumers in some capacity, um, but it has a thing that can be built onto by developers for them yeah, to build sure. their own business. So Slack's a good example, right? Like yeah. Slack sells to businesses, a messaging platform, but there is you know, they have a DevRel team and a huge amount of DevRel functionality for people putting Slack add-ons. Um, or like what I'm working on at uh, the hackathon today, which is Twitch extensions, right? It's a similar idea. Mm. And then, you know, there's the product side, which is like our product is actually just for developers. It's for developers are the consumers of it um, and they are the ones who are paying for it. So, you know, they this is a, a silly example because, you know, it's not that kind of business, but like sublime text, right? Like, Mm. or actually JetBrains is more applicable example, I guess. Um, That is a business that's selling a product to developers and it's not something that developers are using to, like they're not going to go integrate that and build a business on top of it. They're going to use it in their day jobs. And so that influences it a lot. So for example, like at Twilio, um, we are more on the platform. Well, we're kind of a mix, but we're more, more on the platform side. Like we are a set of technologies that people are going to uh, like use to build new businesses with and integrate into. Um, And so when we think about our educational needs, we're thinking, you know, what are people integrating Twilio into their businesses? What is it that they, what is it that they need? Like, what do they need to know about REST API? Like if they're, if they're a new developer, what do Mm. they need to know about how REST APIs work to use this technology? As they get a bit further along, what do they need to know about the specifics of how our platform works to scale and to grow? Um, For me in particular, I've always kind of fallen into um, like early in career niche. So 
I tend to describe the sort of educational materials I produce as like preparing the people who are currently learned to code to be your customers in the future, right? So I'm currently, you know, I work with like university students or recent bootcamp grads and helping them become great coders so that in the future, you know, they might think fondly of 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 my company and be like, hey, they helped me learn to code. I remember them now that I need to use mm. a product that's a bit like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a huge range because people the fun thing about like doing education, um, you know, for developers at large rather than like, you know, in a school or a boot camp is like you don't know where someone who comes to your company is in their educational journey. You don't know where yeah. they are in their technology journey like this could be you know a principal dev with 20 years of experience or it could be a new grad um you don't know whether they like to learn by video you don't know if they like to learn by demo sample code so we try to tick a lot of buckets um so like you're typically a developer education team will typically you know have someone who's building you know kind of step-by-step video courses or someone who's building clonable example projects with like Mm. um, that you can walk through in the readme and then they'll have traditional documentation and it's kind of important to get a sense of what the different content types are and how and where they support developers in their journey like when a developer is first checking out a platform so like when when you make a decision as a developer hey what api am i going to use for this project um, that developer needs a very different set of educational content than a developer who is six months into an integration um, and has gotten stuck during the integration, right? Mm, like there's sure. there's discovery educational content and like, how can I learn what this product is doing as fast as possible? And then there is, uh, I am like so deep in the nuts and bolts of this thing. There's no way we can change course now. And I'm doing something that has never been done with this platform. How do I work out how to navigate that educational content? Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Um, well, yeah, that's those, those are all the questions I had. You asked everything. No, I mean, I, yeah, we could, I mean, I'm sure we could talk about it for, you know, much longer. Um, sure. but that's no, that was, that was a super good overview. Um, also, cause all the listeners obviously don't, they don't want to listen to two hours of, you know, all those. For sure. Yeah, we for have sure. so many listeners. We so don't want to listen to two hours of it and we do yeah. it for a living. <laughs> I think what, what I would finish on is like, uh, Lots of people have a weird view of DevRel because of mm. their only experience of DevRel is like the dude who flies around all the conferences and yeah, speaks exactly. them all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the there is a lot of DevRel functions, a lot more DevRel people who work in non-capacity, non-plane-based roles mm. um, that are, you know, directly influencing the developer experience of the stuff that you you see and consume every day um and it's not as evident that they are working on that that they are devrel um yeah and those roles are fun too they are extremely fun (laughs) yeah yeah not just the you know jet setting devrel yeah uh, yeah yeah, there's a lot of fun in in all sorts of uh devrel specifics yeah, because that, that's basically the idea I had of DevRel like before this conversation. I was like, is that what it's really? It turns out yeah. there's way more than just the jet setting, whatever. You could just yeah, yeah it's, one place. it's mostly not jet setting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And like, you know, it's not to diminish the the work of the evangelists and the advocates mm. who do the jet setting. Like, it's it's easy to laugh at like someone who spends all all year flying around conferences. But uh, one thing the pandemic has kind of done a very good job of showing is actually it's surprisingly hard to to 
get your product in front of developers if you're not doing that so yeah. as, as much as you know i'm a big detractor of that strategy as someone who's had to live that lifestyle and found it really really difficult mm. um and i have been very vocal about moving away from that way of doing things but it is just a fact that actually it is the easiest way to do things and it does work um yeah. so it's, it's easy to be very down on it but it's, it's important work if you want to meet developers where they are they are typically at events because <laughs> yep. they're, they're fun right fun yeah. events yeah so okay i said i wouldn't ask more i'm I got one more question i gotta ask would you put the character of shingy into like is he devrel <laughs> uh okay so shingy shingy's title was actually like evangelist or something yes he's not necessarily devrel but like it's it's a parallel set of ideas he's kind of what i call like a category evangelist which is like you know we've been talking about people who work for a company and the thing they are advocating for is like company's technology yeah. but like there's also just the idea of like and this is common in company this is this is a tactic in devrel if you are something that's completely new so let's say hypothetically like you know it's it's 2000 and 10 or something and no one has made like a good api for sending text messages before okay you can't just come out as a product and say oh we're an api for sending text messages like it doesn't mean anything to anyone instead right. you need to what you need to do is like convince developers that sending text messages from their app is a good idea mm, yeah okay. and so that's the kind of thing that like you know people like shingy kind of fall into where you know they're not necessarily getting people interested in the product they're getting people interested in like a whole industry and segment of stuff right um but obviously shingy is also uh what a, what a lifestyle what a man yes, like yeah indeed yeah <laughs> awesome okay well we'll leave it there thank you so much for joining us gentlemen that was yeah very very cool lots of good stuff there um this was a hack side chat i guess i don't know do we call them categories oh, who cares it doesn't matter uh this has been another episode of air quotes the podcast air quotes uh so yeah thanks again and we'll see you next time